Hello and welcome to Power to Speak, speaking about speaking live with me, Jackie Goddard. And I am actually at the moment waiting for my guest, Tricia Lewis, to arrive. So Tricia, if you're out there, please come and join me. Otherwise, I've got a very, very lonely half an hour uh, to be speaking on my own. If you're watching the replay, hopefully uh, you will start to get some tips and techniques that you can take away uh, and I will speak about speaking all on my own. So let me get started then. Trisha hopefully is on her way and will join me once she's once she's realised. Hopefully she's not in a coaching session herself and can't break away. I'm going to uh, start, I think, with some questions that I would have asked Trisha had she have, have been here with me. And and really, it's it's how did you get start? How did you start speaking? Because Trisha and I both came from an acting background. And I think our actors training is completely beneficial to anybody and everybody, no matter what business you're in, whether you are happen to be an actor, which is obviously it's very good for that. But wherever you need to step out in front of an audience, and that can be an audience of one or it can be an audience of many. But if you are confident in yourself, then that makes life so much easier. So I, for one, um, have used my acting training just in terms of how I breathe, how I can use my voice to um, to engage and work with uh, with people. I've been joined by oh, there's oh, I thought I thought that was my guest Trisha going to be joining me there but unfortunately not but I do have a couple of people watching so please please if you've got any comments or if you'd like to ask any questions I am at the moment waiting for Trisha to drop in with me I think somehow we got the timings wrong and I think she's expecting to join at half past four but uh, by then it will be slightly too late so Tricia, if you're out there or if anybody can get hold of her, I've texted, I've called, uh, but she's she's not available at the moment. So please let me know if you're out there and if you've got any questions, because what I'm going to be doing now, I think, is to is to answer any questions that anybody might have about speaking. And I was just talking about the benefit of the actor's training to anybody that needs to show up for their audience, anybody that needs to speak to an audience, be they of one or be they... A, a room full of thousands, hundreds and thousands of people, then really to go through an actor's training where you learn about how to breathe, how to project your voice, how to collaborate with other people, how to be creative, how to improvise. Now, improvisation actually is something that lots and lots of people shy away from and they really don't want to do it because it brings out the nerves in them. Uh, hi, Jasmine. Oh, so lovely that you're here. Thank you for being here. Um, yeah, I'm just obviously talking. Hi, Mark. Uh, thank you for the question. What has changed for you in... Oh, let me show that there. What has changed for you in past year when it comes to helping others to step up and speak? Well, thank you for that. I think what's what's actually changed is the fact that so many people are now online. Um, the days when we were expected as speakers and to, to step into an arena and speak. Now we all have a Zoom call. We all have a camera in our living rooms, in our kitchens. 
and we are expected to show up in networking spaces and produce content that we would never have been expected to do before. You know, people sort of thought, oh, gosh, if I need to, if I write a, a book or if I need to talk to my customers, then I, I can only do that by stepping, you know, volunteering and stepping up in front of a, a crowd at a conference or, you know, wherever. Whereas now I think we're all expected to show up more often and in more spaces. And I think as a, as a coach, it's kind of opened up a whole other world for me because as well as now working with people locally and going to spaces and working with people in spaces, I, I now am able to work with people via Zoom globally. And I think that's that's opened up a whole new world. Having said that, I am back in a space. I'm back in a room with people in Winchester on the 18th of November. If you are not watching this too late, then please do book on. I will put the comments uh, in, in the replay. Um, Question from Jasmine. Jasmine, oh, my question is, how do you become less critical of, of yourself and your performances? Now, Trisha would have been perfect on that one because she, she talks about unsquashing all of the time. And so I think it's really about practice. It's about taking those baby steps and just starting with maybe recording yourself and just playing it back. You don't have to uh, record yourself and play it back immediately. You can you can record something, leave it overnight, go back to it the following day, because you'll be a lot less critical of yourself once you've had that kind of step step back. Because we we all think that we need to show up perfectly, and we don't. And sometimes, if you just give yourself a little bit of distance and then go back and have a look a little bit later on, then you'll kind of go, "Oh, that's not so bad." You'll find this if you look back at photographs. I do this. If you look back at photographs that were taken like ten years ago when you thought you looked awful, and you look back and you go, "Oh my god, I was actually okay." And it's the same with when you're putting yourself on camera. It's the same when you are stepping, you know, at, at recording your own voice. And I think Zoom has helped with that a lot because people are now so much more aware of how they look on screen, a lot more aware of how they sound. And as much as when you hear yourself and see yourself for the first time, it's cringeworthy and I'm exactly the same. The more you see, the more you hear, the more you kind of can become happy with yourself. And so I think it's, it's really just about giving yourself a break Done is better than perfect. Know that what you have to say and what you have to share is valuable enough and that people need to hear it. And just always, always be aware that that your audience and the people that love you and that you want to communicate with, that like your message and like what you're doing, are not there to be critical of you. So don't be so critical of yourself. I hope that helped, Jasmine. Um, and thank you very much. And this one here from Dolly Wogan, which says, I need to speak to you about my knee. Joking, ignore me, love you. That's my mother. Thank you, mum. That's that's just great. I hope your knee's better. She, uh, yeah, she twisted her knee yesterday. Uh, but thanks for being here. Uh, my number one fan. Liam, hi, nice to see you. Who are some of your favourite speakers, regardless of profession or industry? Well, that's easy because I do have a couple that I just love to listen to. Apart from Tom Morris, 
you know, which is a given. Obviously, my guest of a couple of weeks ago, who's uh, most of you that are here that I can see know very well. Um, uh, and he's fantastic because he is just so natural and so naturally humorous, naturally interesting. Uh, he's full of energy and full of passion. Um, and that, I think, is, is what makes a great speaker. Other than people I know, um, my favorite TED Talk ever uh, was Sir Ken Robinson. And uh, what was that? Do creativity, does creativity, oh, I can't remember what the talk was called, but it was absolutely amazing. And I'd never seen him before. I'd never heard of him before. I mean, if you get a chance to go watch it, then do, because his talk on how schools kill creativity basically is what the talk was about but again he is natural he's authentic he uses some of his own stories he um yeah so we get a, we get we get a little bit of an insight into who he is and who is you know what's made him who he is but also the the humor as well just uh, yeah an amazing speaker and same with Brené Brown who I know in uh, who I came across in lockdown actually and had never heard of before but again her TED talk and what she's done since then is just incredible and it's it's really all about being yourself and being passionate about what it is that you're talking about and I think that is really the crux of uh, of what makes a great speaker is somebody that is passionate about their subject and someone that is passionate about the audience as well somebody that is really um really appreciates that the audience is there to listen and learn and be entertained and all of those things and i think if you are a speaker that doesn't consider your audience then you're never going to be a great speaker but thank you for that liam Oh, this is so much easier when there's questions. I was thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to have to speak for half an hour all on my own. Oh, poor old Tricia. She's going to hate herself when she realizes that um, she might have got the timing wrong. <laughs> but she's busy. Yeah, anything else from anybody else? If not, I'll I'll continue to to talk about speakers and speaking because I think, as I, I, as I started earlier, the training I received as an as an actor is just I now realize so fundamental to everything that I do and I think if you if you have to step in front of an audience for your business for whatever reason for whoever you are then if you can learn how to control your breath how if you can learn how to breathe not only for projection and for performance but to calm your nerves and bring you into focus so that so that before you step on a stage you are you're in the space that you need to be so you're in you're in the zone and, and the breathing techniques are really good for that but also breathing for performance really centers your your oh look here she is yeah <laughs> phew Oh, Jackie, yeah. I'm so sorry, everybody. I'm so sorry. I thought it was 4:30. Why did I think it was 4:30? What is going on? Let me just close the door because I've literally had a realization. Hang on a sec. <laughs> here I am. I'm here. I'm here. Don't panic. Brilliant. Um, right. Well, number one, it's always good to turn up on time for your speaker engagement. Yes. Yes. 
we're, you, you, we're lucky that we have a, we have a room full of. I've got the whole all the comments here. I don't know if you can see them, um, but yeah, we have a room full of, uh, of friends <laughs> and people that love us, Tricia. So we are very very lucky. So I've been talking Honestly, now for twelve minutes. <laughs> okay, I'm going to make a, an excuse. Can I make an excuse? Like a really you good go for one. It. Yeah, you go for okay. it. Okay, uh, this is skills. I had my COVID booster jab yesterday. Yeah. Well, that's I mean, it. That's that's yeah, the excuse. I, <laughs> that coupled with the clocks going back the previous day, what can you expect? Yes. Well, what have you missed, Trisha? What have you missed? Well, we've had we've had a few questions about who's your. We'll we'll go back and we'll ask the same questions of you. I think that would be a good a good one, and and maybe okay. we'll end with with Mark's uh, uh, talk. Um, question which is about him talking next week so it'll be good to to end on that one I, I love think. it so great question yeah the first one was from Jasmine who said how do you become less critical of yourself and your performances good question the old inner critic demon love it I let's start with the word objectivity. So it, this is a really hard one. Um, Jackie will probably um, have done this as well. So as part of the acting career and also everything I've done since, I sort of got used to videos being taken or simply the feedback from a director um, and therefore got used to it being a completely good professional way of working to be observing objectively uh, what you're doing. So in other words, taking it out of the whole kind of self-conscious personalization messages that are going on in here and being, and I use this word a lot, as anyone who knows me will know, being more forensic about it. So you're thinking, instead of thinking, oh God, that sounded awful. In fact, I did this at a training last week and the, the people, they, they were all from the Midlands and we played back some recordings. They said, oh, I'm so monotone. I'm so monotone. I'm going to bore my audience today. Um, you immediately go through that very personal reaction when you do this exercise. But if you move beyond that and get more forensic, say, oh, that's interesting. I didn't know I came across. Actually, yeah, I probably need to do a bit more tonal variation in that, or ah, that weird little habit I've got. Yeah, in other words, you take it out of your sort of all your personalization stuff and into um, objectivity, and you just keep practicing, trying, observing, trying, observing, and it becomes a strength rather than something that is kind of oh god I'm not very confident I can't do this I'm look I don't think I look right you, it becomes quite a powerful thing ah oh, okay I because Jackie me any experienced speakers will tell you you never ever stop this process so it's not like this magical point you reach you think oh, hey I'm good at this <laughs> you just keep observing and yeah tweaking and yeah, that's kind of kind of what I said. In the, Does that answer that question? Yeah, absolutely. And I think we sort of, uh, <laughs> I said to Jasmine about taking baby steps and just, you know, recording yourself. As you say, get used to seeing yourself, get used to listening to yeah. yourself. And then eventually, yeah. as you say, it you know, that, that kind of 
thought of, of needing to be perfect never goes away, but you kind of, you build your strength. Exactly. Perfect. Um, I won't ask you the question about the, from my mum about her knee. Um, who, <laughs> this is from Liam. Who is you, uh, some of your favorite speakers? I love it. Hi, Liam. Um, yeah, regardless of professional industry. <sighs> okay. So in terms of talks, very, very well, well, I, I think well-known talks, they're TED talks, the um, Ken Robinson one. That's what I said. <laughs> oh, look at that. Look, we didn't plan this at all. Yeah, check them out on TED talks. Why incredibly real, very natural, in superb blend of his humor with actually some really beautiful insights and serious points um but above all that kind of natural i mean not everyone can come on to a stage and say hi how, how are you doing i mean and that isn't always a good way to start a talk but because it was so him it worked and who else i i was I was doing an interesting, I've just written an article about, about Liz Truss in terms of, not political, in terms of communication and defensiveness and how it is a real barrier. And I was thinking of somebody to counter that. And I thought of Stephen Mangum, who is a comedian, an actor, an author. He has recently done a little stint on Pointless, if you follow that, and he does uh, portrait artists of the year, landscape artists, and his, I'm not saying that's him speaking from a stage, but he's very similar wherever you see him. In other words, he seems very real and has this inner sort of, uh, like Ken Robinson, that inner sort of warmth that seems to come up all the way through and out and there doesn't seem to be any blockages while still being clear. Yeah, there is, there is something about that. I don't know if that, that sort of follows into a question here. How well should you know your audience? Because I think that that warmth that you get from Ken Robinson and Steve Mangum and, you know, I, I mentioned Brene Brown too, it's, it's kind of just, I think, really having a connection with the audience and being confident mm. that you know who your audience are. So how well, the, well do the, you think you should know your audience? Yeah, the the biggest um, the biggest tip that somebody really took as a big kind of insight in this recent stuff I was doing was don't 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 even call it a presentation, call it a conversation. I know this sounds really cliche, and you would definitely go with this, Jackie, but that little tweak of a reframe and, people, and you might say well what are you talking about I'm talking I'm I'm not talking to myself you know I mean the audience aren't talking to me how can it be a conversation <sighs> but it is it really really is and that's what makes the difference between a speaker that you really feel you're in the same space with um, and you're engaged with and you're really listening and you want to know more because actually you do feel as if you're in a conversation with them even if you're not saying anything so as you create your content, um, you know, yeah, knowing your audience is, I think the first thing is how you, you create your content with your audience in mind, as Jackie will also say. So if you don't really know them personally, you're going to get a general sense of 
who they are through a little bit of research that you do, ask as many questions as you can from the organizers, really important. So you're starting off as you create your talk with a sense of, I wonder what they would like to take away from this. I wonder what's on their mind. Or also, I wonder what might be a barrier as soon as I walk up onto that stage. Might they think, oh, she's, you know, or whatever, she's a, she's a professional actor, so it's all, you know, she's going to this, that, and the other. Whatever their little blockages and, and stereotypes and assumptions and labels might be, try and sort of bash them down nicely right from the word go, even if that means a bit of self-deprecating humour. So be there with them in as much as you can in their space, you know, it's, um, so it's not about knowing them, obviously, personally, each and every one, but it's as much as you can getting to know the likelihood of they being where they've come from, where they're going to, what's on their mind, what are the key challenges they're facing, maybe what, even if it's down to a demographic, what kind of age they are, is it more women than men, I don't there might be all sorts of things that are going to tweak your your content but it's yeah it's obviously it is yeah to answer the question it is important but that doesn't mean knowing them personally um and if you do go into a room full of strangers and you haven't been given any information that's going to be a very rare situation actually I can't even think how that would Yes, you don't. You, you generally, you do generally get a brief, don't you? So you kind of have an idea of who it is you're yeah. going to be speaking to. But you know, I mean, I just when Tom Morris was on a couple of weeks ago, and he was talking about going into a space and actually owning the space and feeling like the 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 room that you're going to be speaking in is going to be your home for that hour. And so I think if you can kind of put your mindset into a space that you're going to be comfortable in that and it's like if this is your home then you are inviting these people into your home so that's how you're going to be conversing when I think you're absolutely right it is that sort of conversation isn't it it's that you know as much as they won't be talking about they might talk back a bit of heckling but hopefully not um but yeah you should be able to feel that connection as well so I think I think in that way it's really helpful yeah I mean I I, I talk about it's just a little quick um Oh God, uh, it's not, oh, that thing where you acronym, thank you. So I talk about the art of engagement being attract, resonate and tempt. Genius. So attract is that, is going to be in that first moment. So that's where all your preparation goes into your thinking about who's there. And even maybe a little bit, of, if you've got a chance to network beforehand and you even if you don't fancy the idea, it's not a bad idea, um, just to feel more relaxed in that space, as you just said. As, and then the resonate bit, which is the really vital bit. You know, what, what, this isn't all about me. Like We're in this together. We're in this together. We're in this together. And that can sometimes be with stories, examples. But you are. this is where the conversation vibe comes in, because you are kind of always sort of saying, isn't it? Wouldn't it be? Don't you think you yeah. might feel that you're sort of almost saying that even if you're not saying those saying words. That. Yeah, absolutely. And then tempt yes. is a reminder that you're you don't have to put the kitchen sink in. You are getting them to a place where they've got some really interesting thoughts buzzing through their head and they would love to talk to you more or ask questions in a Q&A. 
Yeah, and that's that that's crucial as well, is because so many people feel they need to put everything into their 20-minute talk that actually they need to answer everybody's questions and they don't. The whole point of a 10-minute, 20-minute conversation presentation is to ignite and spark the conversation that happens after you've left the stage. So let me just, before we, uh, we might stay on for an extra five minutes if you're up for that, Tricia. Uh, because yeah, yeah. Got, yeah, we've got... No, I'm on a very tight schedule. <laughs> no, no. We've been joined by Ricky Locke. Hi, Ricky. And uh, yeah, and let's go back to Mark's question. So, Mark, look, is talking next week. Now, we know Mark <laughs> very well, and I can't imagine he would have any problem with that. How do you, how do I keep my poise if I look at the audience and they are falling asleep? I really, <laughs> really can't see that happening, Mark. But, but yeah, I'm. What would you say to that, Trisha? Well, it's 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 a really it's a really interesting it's a really interesting thing. And the one thing that I know does happen very easily, and it's happened to me um, for sure, is that if we get into a state where we're where we're looking at that audience, thinking, "Gee, they are not in this at all," um, the the absolute instant response is to go really fast because you are literally wanting to get it over and done with and run out um and that of course is the worst thing because the faster you go the less engaged they're going to be because actually there's nothing more waking up a bull than a, a pause <laughs> and uh, and i promise you it's like magic so you, you, you're into your thing and then there's, I mean, obviously not just a random pause with no, you've got to earn the pause, um, but <sighs> that thoughtful moment, they're all, they're all waking up thinking, well, 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 hang on, what's, what's going on? What's going on? So there's a little, there's a little sneaky trick. Yeah. Um, and the other one is, if you are, if you have kept this conversational vibe going, so it, it is more difficult for them to fall asleep. But also, in terms of keeping your poise, rather than start thinking, "Oh God, this is awful. This is going really badly. I must be very boring. I need to get this over and done with. Get out of the room." Think they probably had a really busy day. That's fair enough. You know, they're students. <laughs> they were probably up <laughs> half the night. I don't know whatever assumptions and stereotypes we might go with. But then think, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. Some of them might even be taking this in and looking like they're not, but actually that's just their way. That's their facial expression. I don't know them well enough to be able to judge whether they're interested or not. And anyway, if there's only one person in here that is getting something out of this, I owe it to them to give them all of me and enjoy the experience. Yeah. Great advice. I think that I think that uh, that's key as well. It's that. In fact, I was talking for the podcast to a, uh, an actor, and and she had been. I don't know whether a bit like me, and I'm sure you've you've done the same thing in the the fringe venues when there's only like you know half a dozen people in the audience on a good day, <laughs> and that you know that thing of if there's more people in on the stage than there is in the audience then go home um and it, this happened to her one night she said no we're not going home you know there, there's that one person has, has come here this evening to watch this show and we have a duty to give it our all and i think that's absolutely right you know if you can engage with one person i've, I've, I've 
absolutely. I've exactly done it at Battersea Arts Centre. Uh, it was a one-woman show. So consequently, they came in and said, there are two people who've got tickets. Are you? We kind of need to go. I said, it's fine. It's fine. Yes. Um, the show will go on. And I gave it my absolute all and possibly even more than my all because I, I had to really rev up the energy to be in that space. And they... They were lovely afterwards. I met them afterwards. They, they said they really enjoyed it, etc. So yeah, it's it is it is a um, uh, the the other yeah the other one is sometimes you end up having the wrong talk in the wrong space at the wrong time, and that's the fault of the organizer, or you've not asked enough questions yeah. when you are being um, asked to do this. And it did happen to me once at a meeting of the Samaritans, um, and this person had seen me do a entertaining funny sort of satirical piece and they thought this would be perfect they were the ones that knew what the day was about this was going to be towards the end of the day lighten everybody up have a bit of fun so I walk into a space where they're all in very deep very needed conversations with each other this moment where they can all really feed off each other and support each other because of the job they were doing they were on the on the calls Samaritans and I knew straight away this was the wrong moment the wrong talk and I should have been braver and say look I don't want to do this I I you know it's it's not it's not right you want this time to talk and I'm you know and I should have actually been quite brave because what I did was I did it and I rattled through it like crazy I overdid things in a desperate attempt to um, get over that awkwardness and I that's one of the worst experiences I've ever had um, but whose fault was that the organizer for getting it wrong me for not asking enough questions not being brave enough to say are you sure and no I don't think so and even when I got there I still should have said mm -mm, this this isn't this isn't going to be right but yeah yeah, I digress. I don't know why it's I digress. Difficult. It's difficult to make that call yourself, though, isn't it, when people have, have Very hard. to come in. Very but it is, hard. I think it is that there is something, because I've done it as well, there's something in our brains that if uh, if we can look out and we see a sea of faces that don't look like they're having fun, then automatically, you, as you say, you go into either speed-up mode or your energy dips so low because you're trying desperately to think of how you're going to bring it back yeah. up again. What about stories, then? I, I mean, would... If you've got, a, if you, and I, this is what I love to do if, when I get the opportunity is to, is to find those stories, have like a story bank that you can draw on. So, because I don't think there's anything more engaging than listening to an anecdote or something that, that obviously is relevant to your audience and to the talk you're giving, but having, having a bank of stories that you can draw on if you're in, in that sort yeah. of situation. Absolutely. I mean, in the TEDx talk that I did earlier this year, it was really interesting because being so incredibly old, I and I say that oh, with pride. Um, oh, look! <laughs> I um, <laughs> I look at someone. I'm saying, no, go away, go away, don't hurt me. Um, being so old, and I say, as I say, I say that with pride, not poor me. I have so many stories, ridiculous amount of stories all of them, you know, that I could apply as a metaphor, as a case study, as anything. So my my issue is not thinking, oh, God, I can't think of anything. It's 
how do I filter this down? How do I then, even when I've picked a story, how do I now filter that down even more? Um, so it's that less is more, edit down, edit down, edit down, because a story, uh, as I said to somebody recently I was working with, can actually be a paragraph, can be three lines. It, it's, it's when you go into a, a mode of allowing somebody to visualize something, uh, to sort of feel something um, where there's just a little, you know, a little visceral um, example that you're that you're sharing where you're you're taking them into that room and opening the door and it can just be a couple of sentences but that is a story a metaphor is a story you know isn't it mm. um so absolutely I, I i would suggest any talk and presentation has to have a story but that isn't the same as saying oh i've got to do a long bit of storytelling it's got to have this arc of the hero and I, I know that's all lovely stuff but I wouldn't get bogged down in that I just find something which might seem really silly and little to you about your experience and you and think about it and think actually that that is spot on that's exactly how I can illustrate this this point because because they'll get that yeah and I did I when I did the TEDx talk I told a story about networking and I I knew that even people who weren't doing business networking, they would get the idea of walking into a room full of strangers and not feeling that you can be yourself as opposed to walking. Um, Mark, well, no, I used his group as an example of the positive. So it was a really lovely way of, and I bought it in at the beginning and then I went back to it at the end as a sort of, which is another little device you can yeah. use, you know, possibly sort of keep, just draw them in and leave it there as a little picture and revisit it here yeah but you're yeah. right about you you need to consciously um because people often say oh I don't know I haven't done that much exciting I haven't traveled the world I haven't you know um you know I'm not like you Trisha I haven't been married umpteen times I haven't got all these stories, now there's some stories. So, <laughs> but you don't need they do not need to be big dramatic I think that's a bit of a myth that people get sold by the story yeah. gurus well, I, I think there. but I, you know it's certainly it's the same with visuals if I'm working with anybody it's it, it, the visuals the same as your stories should be used to illustrate a relevant point otherwise there there is no point so people sort of think oh I need to be so vulnerable I need to put myself out there and tell everybody all you know warts and all but that's not what it's about it's actually about using your experiences to illustrate a point that is actually going to benefit the audience that's going to validate somebody else you know and again it's a way of, uh, of evoking the feeling evoking an atmosphere doing all of those things it's they're just it's a device it's a way of 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 engaging oh, you're breaking and, up and jackie engaging. am i or oh, you've gone you've gone a bit solid too but we'll, what we'll do is i think we'll end it there but um yeah i think it's been lovely i just wanted to to catch up with Liam because Liam's first question was Liz who I think that was that was Liz trust uh, and then we had <laughs> oh yeah he played Adrian Mole and then haha now more character than playing a gig to an empty room on a rainy night in Hartlepool yeah I think we've all been there 
<laughs> but lovely. Thank you for, thanks for showing up, Tricia. It was lovely, lovely <laughs> to have you. Well, you know, in some kind of rather royal visit manner that I've done. <laughs> Oh, I, I, I'm late. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, I do apologise. And I'm really yeah. glad we got a good chance to dig into some of these. And, you, and, and we did, you know, that I think that was that was really, really very, very useful. So we're going to say our goodbyes. Thank you so much for all of your questions. And thank you for being here. And the replay will be out there very, very soon. Um, and thank you to everybody that might be listening to the replay. If you've got any comments or any questions, then I will put all of our information in the comments when we when we uh, when I send this out for the replay. So bye bye for now.